0: Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank. The bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio.
1: And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting live from inside our studio uh, here inside Renaissance Bank on Windward Parkway in Alpharetta. And folks, if you're looking for the best of all worlds in banking, if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way, and you're looking for a bank that's been voted best bank in America, as Renaissance Bank has for several years in a row by Forbes magazine, uh, then I've got your solution. Go to renaissancebank.com. Find their local office, some 200 across the South, open and ready to serve you, and give them a call. Go make make an appointment and go see them. I think you'll be glad you did. Uh, I know I have, uh, for me and my clients, uh, we've enjoyed that relationship uh, very much. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome a return guest. I'm delighted to have uh, Judge Gail Tucson, uh, rejoin us here on North Fulton Business Radio. Judge, welcome.
0: Thank you, John. I'm happy to be here.
1: Hey, it's great to have you back. Um, let's talk about you, and I can't keep up with what you're doing, so <laughs> let's just say that, okay? You've got so much in the air. You've, you've got your practice with jams, and uh, you've got a, a charitable activity that you're in the middle of, several, but let's talk about uh Give everyone an introduction uh, to you, those that don't know you.
0: Well, thank you. And I so appreciate uh, the opportunity and love your show. So it's a thrill for me to, to be a guest. Thank you. Um, I am a senior judge uh, after about 30 years of serving on the Superior Court of Fulton County. I um, retired, uh, so to speak, but not really, and transitioned to launch A mediation and arbitration practice with JAMS, which is a national dispute resolution company. There's an office here in Atlanta, which is where I'm based. And so for um, the last couple of years, right through the pandemic and continuing, um, I have been conducting arbitrations and mediations, many of them virtual, because JAMS has the ability to provide the necessary services and support um, even though we have not been able until more recently to meet in person,
1: yeah, that and you, one of the things we were talking about before we came on the air is that Jams really already had this capability. I mean that you, you you didn't have to pivot uh, like a lot of firms did during the pandemic. You really had this this ability to conduct uh, mediations arbitrations virtually.
0: That, that's exactly right. And um, for those that haven't had that opportunity, what that really means is that um, myself as the, the neutral, as the mediator, if we're um, you know bringing parties together and I'm helping you to facilitate an agreement, or if I'm the arbitrator and you're presenting your case to me, kind of like a private court process, we're able uh, to use any number of platforms. We primarily use Zoom. And we're, be, we're able to uh, maintain the confidentiality that the parties need, as well as the up-close and personal um, viewing of all the parties that are participating. And um, we were doing this before, but now we find that especially if parties or council are not all in the same city, this f- facilitates us doing um, a proceeding with people in California, Georgia, you know, anywhere that they may be. Um, and it's certainly more cost efficient because now everyone doesn't have to fly in to the city, you know, pay for hotel, transportation, etc. So we've been very pleased that we have been able to continue uh, with the services without interruption. It
1: saves a lot of money. Uh, that's what I'm hearing uh, with, with all, without all the travel, even if you're having to drive across Atlanta. That's a big deal, right? Uh, time right, and money.
0: Exactly. You have to pay to park the time that you're in traffic. Um, you know, ADR, that, that's what I'm doing. Alternative dispute resolution mm. is yeah. the primary purpose of it or goal is to reduce the costs of litigating. And so, in, in, you know, you focus on your hourly rates as counsel and support staff but there are these other expenses um, that that go into preparing your case. And so that is why um, doing this virtually uh, really is is cost-effective for for most cases.
1: What's the biggest resistance, Judge, that uh, litigants have in uh, taking a case through ADR as opposed to going to court?
0: Well, you know, I would say initially it's it's the emotional component. So um, if you feel that you've really been wrong, say, in a contract dispute, you want to, I guess, verbalize and make the decision maker aware of, of why you're right and the other side is wrong. And there probably is this sense of if you shift to a mediation or an arbitration, you're not going to have um, the, the senses or the fear is that you're not going to um, have your day in court and that perhaps your advocate is not going to be as as tough, you know, as you want him or her to be because now you're in more of a conference setting mode.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So um, oftentimes uh, the court, the judge, if the judge is sending it to one of these sessions, or the attorney has to convince the parties. No, no, you know, you're not, you're, you're not going to be um, compromised in your ability to present your side of the case. And actually, you really are more, you have more control over it because you, you yourself can help make the decision, you know, as opposed to 12 jurors that don't know you or a judge that, you know, you may not feel really gets gets your issue or, or gets your point of view.
1: What is it that, I mean, there are a lot of ADR uh, professionals out there. What is it, I mean, one of them I, I, I've got to think is your 30 years as, as, a, as a judge, but what, what are the, some of the characteristics that you bring to the table that make your practice different?
0: Well, so part of, of ADR typically is that you get to select the person that is serving in this role. Mm. So, you know, judge shopping is frowned on if if you're in a regular court setting. So you get to, um, you know, kind of scroll through the pictures and the profiles of all of the neutrals and decide who you think um, will will be best for your case. And so I think what I bring um, to the table is first, as you said, my years of judicial experience, trying all kinds of cases, my temperament, um, but also my, you know my life experiences. So things um, things that make me, Different from you, um, you know, my perspective being female, my perspective um, being African American, um, you know, all of that makes makes me who I am. Um, mm-hmm. The practice areas that I had before I went on the bench, um, my connection to the community. So um, that's really important, John. Let me let me just say because what we're trying to make sure now in in ADR is that. You don't always select the same person to be your arbitrator or mediator. It's really important for you to talk to your clients and make sure that you've picked the right person for each case. And so I may not be the right person for one case, but absolutely the best choice for a different case. And so um, one of the things that JAMS um, has worked really hard um, on is making sure that we have a diverse um panel of people for you to select from and you know that that could be any 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 number of of things cultural differences um language abilities you know like if i might speak spanish and someone else doesn't that make for it you know may make for a different um connection and trust factor between the neutral and the parties
1: sure um well you mentioned the the unique capabilities of jams and I mean one you'll have to tell me because I just I've just been on the website and noticed how substantial a firm Jams is with offices all over the place it seems. Uh um I guess an attorney that's looking to pick out uh, several different uh ADR professionals to choose from has a lot of choices with jams, right?
0: Uh, absolutely has a lot of choices. And usually what what is what is done is that you know you use search words um based on cases that we have already resolved. Um and and so there are different ways to go about picking <laughs> picking um a a neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we we have a lot of neutrals and we have a lot of a lot of resolution centers. We, we, you know, we, we try to be convenient and accessible Mm -hmm. and um, I'm just, you know, really proud to be part of part of the organization. More recently they've done little, my story videos on many of us. And that also, you know, gives the attorney and, and the client. And let me say, of course, there are some cases, especially consumer cases where, the party may not have an attorney mm. and the good thing is we have rules that we have to follow that are, I think pretty straightforward that would allow you if you can't afford an attorney or don't want to have an attorney, you could represent yourself and, and still get, you know, get a good outcome.
1: Folks, we're here chatting with uh, judge Gail Tucson. She is, um, a neutral and ADR neutral with jams. And she's also, uh, the driver of the pave foundation. We're going to get to that here in just a second. Um, but let's, let's talk about, uh, I wish you'd maybe share. And obviously you can't, uh, talk names, but if you could share maybe a success story, a uh, judge of, of a, something that was a particularly ticklish issue that you got resolved and, it was just a much better outcome for everyone uh, than it might have been otherwise had they gone to war in court.
0: <laughs> so um, that that's a good question, um, and, and I think there there have been um, a few success stories that, that I'm proud of. Um, one <clears throat> really dealt with um, an issue kind of at a, at the college level. Mm-hmm. So many times there are claims that are brought by students against the university. Um, it might be a title seven, it could be a title nine um, claims of harassment or um, harassment discrimination. Um, there's a whole list. Um, but in, a, in, in one case in particular, um, I think I absolutely going back to your point of picking the right neutral was the right neutral be- because of my background in that area, as well as um, being a professor um, at at the college level <laughs> and also having um, children who have gone through the college experience. And so I was able, I think, to very well relate to the claimant, um, the claimant's parents who were kind of concerned about, okay, now I sent my child, you know, to this institution to get an education. And now we're dealing with some other issues that we hadn't, hadn't factored in as well as being able to relate to the the, university's administration's perspective of, you know, is this something that really happened on our campus or is it really kind of in the periphery? Yes, they're college students, but they weren't really on college property. And so it, it was a pretty complicated case. Um, we did not actually resolve it um, by the end of our day together, um, but I'm confident that the time that I spent with them will facilitate it being resolved ultimately. Sometimes cases can come to the process too soon. Mm. And this was probably an instance of where there needed to be just a little more um, flushing out of the issues and discovery in terms of getting the real facts before they were thrown into um, a session That happens sometimes when they're referred to the process um, by the judge, as opposed to electing to come in themselves.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I'm I'm thinking of success in terms of getting to a resolution of the actual case. Um, What you're suggesting, which makes so much sense, is that uh, you can be successful just getting folks to think about the various issues and maybe seeing the case from the other side and seeing each other's points of view. And that helps um, the judge in the case get everyone to a resolution.
0: Right, right. You absolutely have to have the dynamic where the parties and their attorneys kind of trust you and trust the value of the process. Um, Sometimes there's a concern Well, if I go into a mediation and kind of share this stuff and it doesn't work out, then they're going to have, you know, um, information they wouldn't have had if we had just waited until our time in court. Um, But again, a a skilled neutral will know what to ask, what to share, what not to share with each other. Because, again, remember, I'm going back and forth in caucus between the rooms. Mm -hmm. So it's not all coming out with everyone sitting around the same table, they're kind of, if you will, pouring stuff into me <laughs> and then I have to decide what to share and how to share and when to share certain things so that the process evolves kind of organically. Um, there was another um, case. I don't want to give the impression I haven't resolved any cases, Yeah. but there was a, a case um, involving really relatives who, um, went into business together and um, it was time for them to go their separate ways. And they had, you know, issues in terms of who gets what asset and, you know, back and forth. And I really enjoy those. We were able to come up with an agreement where everyone walked away with a part of the business and it kind of would enable them each to start their own business. (laughs) Ah. And we came to an agreement so that they wouldn't be competing against each other um, going forward. So that that was a good result. They they felt, I think, good about each of them being heard and respected for what they had put into the business in terms of sweat equity and had enough capital leaving the table to be able to do something else.
1: Judge Gail Tucson, folks, creating peace at family holidays. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Um, well, let's pivot toward uh, the Pave Foundation. Uh, tell everyone about the Pave Foundation and uh, what what your motivations were for getting this moving.
0: So i um, I am so excited about the Pave Foundation. It absolutely is has a big part of my heart and a lot of my passion. And it's um, it's a nonprofit. Our mission um, is to help develop and to support and mentor African-American girls um, in um, the STEM area. So we're, we're focusing on girls as young as middle school. So, you know, basically 10, 11 to 14, 15 years old and giving them exposure um, to professionals, to um, college options and really hands-on interactions um, with STEM, so science, technology, engineering, mathematics. We've thrown in um, some art uh, to keep it um, engaging based on the age group. And um, we're really, we have a summer camp. So each summer we put on a camp um, and we expose them, as I said, to STEM curriculum, as well as mentors that can help them develop their personal skills, self-esteem, as well as prepare them academically. And uh, we we did not have a camp this past summer because of COVID, but um, we we have had several years of camps and will um, definitely have one in some fashion um, in July of 2022.
1: This may seem like an obvious question, but I, I find sometimes the obvious questions don't get asked enough. Why is it that you need an organization like the PAVE Foundation to uh, commit to uh, STEAM education for African-American girls?
0: Um, I think it's primarily because, um, and and I am a a huge supporter of public education. Um, My mother taught elementary school for 40 years. Um, I went to public schools and our children did um, as well. Um, But there is, um, there are disparities in terms of educational opportunities and educational outcomes. And so our goal is to um, kind of pave the way, if you will, and kind of fill in some of the gaps um, to enrich the education that many are already getting, and to expose many of the campers to um, opportunities, um, aspirations, things that maybe they're not getting at home or in their in their school. Um, I serve as a board member of an organization called Blissy, and the point of Blissy is to focus on um, helping educators in their leadership development to make sure that, you know, from superintendent down to custodian, everyone is focusing again on equity and education. And so to me, the pay Foundation is one example, one important um, example of what's needed. The community needs to support the schools. And those of us that have had, um, the blessing and opportunity of an excellent education in our succeeding individually and collectively, we need to give back to the community. And so um, we could have picked any number of populations, but we decided to focus on African-American girls um, just because, you know, the numbers that that you read about, um, you know, it's an underserved group within the, the general population.
1: For sure, and and it, what you're the work you're doing, which is terrific, uh, it goes beyond just the academic, if you will, the actual uh, science, technology, engineering aspect of of steam. But but it goes into issues like self confidence, right? I mean, and how port, important in instilling uh, self confidence, for example, uh, is uh, for these young ladies.
0: Um exactly, B- because you know so so many times you go in a situation where maybe you are one of few, um, you're not in the ma- the majority, and you know you may be the smartest person there, but if you don't have the confidence to to you know I guess kind of take control, to assert yourself, or to interact. Even, you know, with strangers. I mean, just today on the radio, I was hearing about this new book about, um, you know, the the deficit in the skill of interacting with strangers, which which is interesting because and especially with young people, because they're more used to using their devices and, you know, they're they're not interacting or being forced to have conversations um, to negotiate, you know, to do anything with, with people that maybe don't look just like them. And and so that is, um, we're we, at the camp, we have people come in, we talk about social etiquette, we talk about communication, um, we, we talk ab- about um, language arts skills. So it's not just, as you said, you know, science and math, but how you communicate. Are you able to write a memo? Are you able to um, articulate the thoughts in your head? And so um, one of the reasons that I'm really excited um, uh, about um, an event uh, that's coming up is that I think there's certain skills outside of the classroom that are really important to acquire. And um, that's one of the reasons why I love to play golf, (laughs) Um, just because um, it's really amazing to me the dynamic on the golf course and how strangers interact with each other. Very, very different than probably most any other place. Everyone is cordial. Everyone knows the rules. Everyone is supportive, tries to help each other. Usually, I mean, everyone wants to win, but I mean, (laughs) but. Um, there, there is this, you know, culture <laughs> that is unique, I think, uh, to
1: golf. I need to come play with you. You're playing with nicer folks than I am. But maybe, maybe. You
0: know, it. I, I, I say that to say, and I can't remember, I wish I could remember it. Cause I'm pretty sure this guy used the acronym of golf, but he literally told me and said, ha 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 that golf stood for something like ladies aren't allowed on the golf course. And I really just kind of looked at him and I was really, really, really pretty shocked. Yeah. (laughs) But, but he, he, in my experience has been an exception. I'm not saying everyone on the golf course loves me and wants to invite me over for dinner, but at least on the golf course, we're able to interact.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, wow. That guy's, Caught in a different century, I guess, but uh, but but um, let's talk about this event, this golf event that's coming up. Uh, tee off with Team Tucson.
0: Yes, let's talk about that. So on September the seventeenth at the Cross Creek Golf Course, which is in Northwest Atlanta, um, I'm hosting my first ever golf event. Um, it it really is an, an ADR mixer. And um, golf events. So what that means is that um, we're going to focus on the skills of mediation. Um, I'm going to share some tips. They're going to be at the different holes. Um, Jams is a is a key sponsor and is supporting me in this. I'm so excited. So I'm hoping to attract um, business people and lawyers um, so that we can you know have a fun afternoon, get to know each other and talk a little bit about the skills for resolving cases and the skills that relate to the game of golf. Um, Ultimately, my goal is to be able to use um, any net proceeds um, to help jumpstart a component for the PAVE STEM camp, which is to expand it to include a golf academy. I think it would be incredibly awesome for these girls to learn how to play golf and to be able to apply those skills um, in the boardroom, you know, in the lab, um, in their businesses, in school, um, as well as um, learning to play the game.
1: Uh, that sounds terrific. Let's get into some of the details for those that are interested in uh, participating in tee-off with Team Tucson. How does that how does that work? How how, how can they engage? And um, do you have foursomes? Uh, where where is the event? Yes, Let's yes. get into so, all that.
0: Um, okay, so a little bit about the um, it, it's it's an executive course. My husband, who's played golf since childhood, has has impressed upon me. I need to let everyone know this is an executive course, which means it's a short course. And so you can probably leave your driver at home, but it's intentional so that we can get some junior golfers, some always wanted to learn about golf people and golfers of all skills to interact on teams. So you can register um, as a junior golfer under the age of, I think, 21. You can register as a single or you can register uh, with a teammate or with a foursome. Mm. And we're using Eventbrite. Uh, for registration. So you just go to tea off with Team Tucson at Eventbrite and mm-hmm. it will lead you right right to us. Um, there's still space available. It starts at 1.30. So, we're, you know, we're basically talking about a Friday afternoon uh, round of golf because it's a short course. You'll be able to do the 18 holes and, you know, a couple hours or so. And we really um, have put a lot of thought into making it fun. We'll have a putting and chipping clinic for those that don't want to actually play. Um, And otherwise we're, we're just really excited uh, with, with the event, with um, the number of people that have already signed up and uh, what this will mean um, in the future. We hope for, um, for our girls.
1: Wow. Great work. Um, For you know this show will uh, be out there. We'd never take a show down here on Business Radio X, so it'll be out there after this event is over. but uh, so let's talk to those folks that uh, maybe either e- either they don't play golf or they want to uh, they, they're hearing the show later and they want to get connected and, and uh, do some work with the Pave Foundation anyway. let's talk to them. Uh, what are your needs and what how, how are other ways that folks can, can connect and help?
0: Well, we definitely um, need each and every contribution, no matter how big or small. Um, we definitely we we are participating um, this year will be our second time on Giving Tuesday, uh, which many people are probably familiar with. I think it's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, so you can contribute to us that way. Um, we have a fully developed website um, with with a, a giving and contact us. Um, fields. And so our website is www.thepavefoundation.org. And um, our needs are basically to fund the camp. So um, we give out camperships to um, campers in need, and we want to be able to provide um, a robust camp um, as always, uh, we'll probably have additional expenses because of the COVID
1: sure. aspect
0: of it. But um, you can look us up on the website. Please contact us if you'd like to volunteer, if you'd like to be involved, uh, if you'd like more information um, as a volunteer, or if you're interested in perhaps registering uh, your daughter. We, we would love to hear from you in, in that way.
1: Uh the pave foundation folks and that's pave p-a-v-e as in paving the way uh the pavefoundation.org judge let's uh get to your uh, more general contact information folks that maybe want to get in touch with you uh related to a, a dispute resolution uh how can they get in touch
0: so um, I'm, again, affiliated with Jams. Um, you can go to www.jamsadr.com www.jams, and um, just look for Gail Tucson. You'll find me and, and get to me that way, or you can send me an email directly at gtusan at jamsadr.com.
1: Terrific. And folks, we'll have all this information uh, on the show page as well, if you're driving, so, uh, 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 don't worry about that. We'll have it right there. Uh, when you stop, uh, Judge Tucson, great to see you again. Thanks for all the great work you do. You do such important work and we appreciate you.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank have you. Good day. Thank you. Hey folks. Um, got a question for you. Had a home cooked meal lately. <laughs> Would you like to have one? Um, Here's a suggestion for you. Get in touch with the great folks over at a n s culinary concepts a s culinary concepts dot com uh they're corporate caterers they do, do big green egg camps, but here's the great thing they actually have oven ready meals that you can uh get to go. They cook for you and they cook from scratch. They've got new menus weekly and every day. And uh, they're on their website. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the menu for September 6th. They have pan seared chicken breast with honey, orange, rosemary, and fig relish. Does it get any better than that? <laughs> My suggestion is give them a call, 678 336 9196, or uh, just go to the website because the menus are right there. AS Culinary Concepts. And a big shout-out to uh, Andrew Traub and all all his team there at ANS Culinary Concepts. We appreciate you. And, folks, uh, North Fulton Business Radio is the search term. If you're looking for our show on the major podcast apps or whatever podcast app you use, we would love it if you would subscribe to the show and support us in that way. Uh, We want the show to be found so people can find the great guests we have had on the show like Judge Tucson and others. Um, And if you want to uh, be in touch with me directly, jray, J-R-A-Y, at businessradiox.com is my email address. So for my guest, Judge Gail Tucson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.